Hi there, you're listening to the Personal Revolutions podcast with me, Ollie Anderson, author of the book Personal Revolutions, a short course in realness. This is episode seven of this regular series of podcasts that I've started doing, which have the very simple premise of real people talking about realness in a real way. Um, the basic idea is that we keep looking into um, my experience, the experience of other people, um, breaking life down into its constituent parts, breaking reality down into the building blocks that help us to kind of experience it, such as death, problems, um, change, all the kind of stuff that we can't avoid, and basically exploring how we can accept things as they are, including ourselves, so that we can build something real um, and amazing, either individually or together, finding some kind of purpose, some kind of process, something to dedicate our lives to so that it becomes meaningful, not just this empty space where we're kind of floating day by day, um, aimlessly and depressively because we haven't found something awesome to do with ourselves. Um, This is episode seven. Um, I have a loose idea of what I want to talk about. Um, It's very loose. Uh, There are some ideas rattling around in my head about um, feelings, emotions, finding your edge. It all sounds very um, airy-fairy, very touchy-feely, very hippie-ish, but um, who cares, right? Like, we're trying to be real, and that is a very real part of human experience. Um, I think I'm gonna dive right into it. Um, Like I said, I only have a very loose plan. The loose kind of thing that I'm hanging this argument or this idea onto is basically the idea that if you judge your emotions or you judge whatever you happen to be feeling in the moment then you're going to cause problems for yourself because you're going to make it harder for you to feel whatever you're actually feeling you're going to start living from the outside in instead of the inside out which is something that we've said in all of these podcasts and all over my blog and in the book that is what you need to aim to do. Real life is something that comes when we live from the inside out, not when we live from the outside in, in terms of using concepts or ideas or things that people have said, you know, decades ago to stop us kind of being and taking the kinds of actions that we actually need to take to grow real in ourselves. If we're Judging our feelings because we believe that we should be feeling a certain way instead of what we are actually feeling or because we feel that what we're feeling is is weak or it doesn't fit a certain image of ourselves, then we basically just cause friction for ourselves and we actually exacerbate, it seems in my life at least, we exacerbate the extent of the problems that these feelings may bring into our lives. They either go beneath the surface where we feel them anyway, um, you know, in our subconscious or, you know, in the whole of ourselves, just because it's not in uh, this conscious level of our experience doesn't mean that it's not there. So basically, what this all comes down to is what I've said millions of times now, probably, um, is that basically it boils down to the difference between reality and ego. This is what this whole thing is about. It's what all the personal revolution stuff basically boils down to. That's why if you buy the physical copy of the book, it says in huge letters on the back of it, ego is not reality. Ego is actually the opposite of reality. 
And in the terms that we've been using, the ego is basically just an idea that we carry about ourselves, which we place in between ourselves or our observing selves and reality as a whole. And we use it to create a kind of feedback loop for the actions that we'll take or the things that we'll allow ourselves to feel. Now, you've probably heard me say many times that no concept is completely real. All concepts are signposts to reality, but no, sign, uh, no concept in itself is 100% real. The reason for this is because reality itself, whatever it is, is this undulating, moving, flowing mass of fluid something that we are a part of. But the ideas and the concepts that we use as signposts to understanding the fragments of this reality are basically just static ideas, static illusions that we carry in our heads and project onto the world to make sense of it. But because they're static, they can't be real. So anytime we try and treat something static as reality, we're removing ourselves from the flow of the whole, which is going to bring unnecessary friction into our lives. That's a bit of a summary of things that I've already said in this podcast. If you want to check it out, check out episode three, which is specifically about um, creativity, but it does cover a lot of that stuff. And number uh, episode number five does as well. Um, so what does this have to do with our feelings? Well, if we've got the ego in the front seat and we're going out into the world carrying a certain idea of ourselves, usually this idealized version of ourselves, which is basically built as a reaction to the shame that we feel about who we really are. After all, why would you cre create a different version of yourself if you're kind of happy with the one that you've got? So basically, we take this ego, we kind of go out there into the world, and as reality comes smashing against um, us, you know, these problems arise one after the other, or as we hurtle towards our imminent demise, as all that stuff happens, we take this image out into the world and we try and basically act as though we are that image in the face of an ever-changing reality. Now that's fine sometimes. Sometimes you might build a kind of ego for yourself that does, in the short term at least, give you a kind of huge burst of energy so that you can go out there and get something done. You know, you might tell yourself that you're the greatest whatever of all time, and because you've somehow tricked yourself into believing this, you go out there and you kind of do become pretty good at what you do. That's fine, but eventually, because it's actually just one of these, it's an empty symbol, a bubble, then reality will come along eventually, and you'll fall back down to reality um, with a bigger bang than you would have done if you'd actually climbed on top of it from the start. Basically, anything that we do that is purely symbolic, well, if we attach ourselves to these symbols, then when we kind of come back to reality, it will kind of balance out in, in a way. So, for example, when I lived in Japan, I did loads of modeling and stuff like that. I had this really kind of fancy lifestyle for a little while, I suppose, where I could get into nightclubs for free and I could, you know, bang hot chicks without really trying very hard. And that was awesome, but it wasn't real. It was purely symbolic. It was the fact that I was in magazines or whatever it was. It wasn't me that was actually benefiting, if that makes sense, from those things. It was an illusion that I used to get into a bigger illusion. And then when my kidneys popped and I fell back down to reality, well, because I'd been so high on illusion, 
then I got much lower on reality initially as I lost those illusions than I would have done. So that's a little rant about the ego. This podcast, this episode of the podcast is supposed to be about feelings, which does have a lot to do with the ego because the way that we treat the things that we feel is affected by the ideas that we carry about ourselves and how we think or how we have been taught to think that we should be feeling in a given situation. So an obvious example here is anger. Anger, especially if you're a guy, is something that a lot of people may fear because obviously angry guys have caused all kinds of trouble. Um, Historically speaking, I suppose we've caused wars. We've uh, beaten people up unnecessarily. We've probably done all kinds of sordid things that people would rather forget about. But that doesn't mean that anger in itself is a bad thing. Anger, like anything that we feel, can be something that we embrace, that we truly like feel whilst it's within us. So that the good thing about feeling these things is that when you try not to feel it, then you just make it 10 times worse. There's a saying, I don't know where it came from, but it's something along the lines of what you resist persists. And that's true of what goes on internally and externally. Today we're talking about feelings, so I'll keep it simple and stick to this internal realm. But if you don't feel the anger that you actually feel, if you don't allow yourself to get pissed off once in a while and act on that frustration to kind of change things, then you're only going to get more and more pissed off and more and more frustrated. And it's going to basically ricochet within you and you'll either become really passive aggressive or you'll become super depressed because you're not being real with yourself at the most fundamental level of your being. You're ignoring what's going on inside you and you're basically sending that energy or whatever you want to call it inside you. Somebody said emotion is um, energy in motion. Now, I know energy has a lot of kind of connotations in some circles. There's been this mystical, whimsical thing. But I like that definition. I think if you're feeling something, then it's basically just passing through. Emotions are real for the time that you spend with them, but they're not real in, um, in, in terms of things overall. Because they're fragmentary, they're transitory, they're just passing through. And if you let them pass through, you're going to have a better time with it. And the easiest way to make them pass through you is to feel it and decide what you're going to do with it. So I'll keep talking about anger, but this can apply to any emotion, really. It can apply to you know, sexual frustration or sexual desire, or it can apply to, I don't know, even things like happiness. You know, Some people don't allow themselves to feel happy because they've got some stupid idea that, you know, feeling happy in certain situations is is a bad thing. If you're feeling it, you're feeling it. It's what you do with it that has tangible effects in the world. And that is where you have to use your responsibility as a, a human individual to kind of do something with it. So let's look at this idea of anger. We'll use it as a kind of case study in this um, this kind of discussion about judging our emotions. The whole point of this discussion being, you shouldn't judge your emotions, you should feel them and decide what you're going to do with them. There is nothing weak about feeling things. That's the thing, right? Even the Stoics, a lot of people talk about Stoicism on the internet. They didn't say don't feel anything and be like 
robots. Yes, be rational. Get yourself to a rational place where you can deal with things, but don't run away from your emotions. If you're running away from what you're feeling, you're running away from yourself, you're running away from reality, and you're bringing all the friction and illusion and the unnecessary bullshit into your life that we've spoken about so many times. Anyway, anger. What happens if you feel angry and you're living from the outside in, not the inside out, in this real way? Okay, two things I can see happening. I've already kind of mentioned them. I'm going to go into it now in more detail. Um, there's a quote by Nietzsche, I think it's in Beyond Good and Evil, which is probably the first philosophical book I ever read. I was like 17 or something. It's a good book. There's a, a load of stuff in there that I think about a lot. But anyway, in that book, there's a quote somewhere where Nietzsche says, In times of peace, the warlike man attacks himself. In times of peace, the warlike man attacks himself. Now, I think that is one of the most amazing things anybody has ever seen, ever said, because for me, it perfectly describes the experience that I've had in my own life when I was most depressed. I'm pretty cheerful now. I've been through this whole personal revolution stuff, available now on Amazon. <laughs> um, but in the past, when I've been super depressed, it's because I've been a warlike person, but I've been attacking myself. Because for some reason, I've been living from the outside in and I've felt whatever anger I've, I've been feeling about whatever it may be, about kidney failure, about my past, about this, about that. I've been basically turning it inside myself instead of doing anything with it. Now, I think a lot of depression in our society at the moment, especially among guys who kill themselves more than anybody else, is because they're not feeling their anger or, they, or they're feeling it in the way where it turns against them. They're not actually doing something with it. And it's for a number of reasons, right? Like a lot of guys are seen as being toxic, toxic masculinity. You hear about this stuff all the time. If people are feeling angry, well, other people become scared of it. So we really try socially to kind of stop anybody doing anything with this anger. But that's bad in a way because, as we've said, Anger isn't just something that you use to smack other people in the face. It's basically something that you use to motivate yourself and to kind of change your life for the better by staying motivated as you kind of go out there and kind of crush your purpose. So I think if you, if you don't have a purpose in the way that we talked about in the last podcast about values and uh, getting chased by bears, if you don't build a purpose of making your values valuable to others, as we said, and then you get angry and you're judging your anger and saying that you're not supposed to feel it and you try and put it underneath the surface and you become really um, depressed in yourself because you're getting angry with yourself for being kind of passive and not doing anything. Well, if you go through that process, then you're going to have a bad time. This is why all these different personal revolutions about breaking open different um, barriers to your own experience of your own consciousness, your own self, then... All these things basically help you to kind of align yourself with reality and put yourself in a position where you can build with it. And part of that is taking your emotions, feeling them, doing something with it. So I'm, I'm definitely rambling today, I can tell. But the first of the reasons why you shouldn't judge your emotions, in, in the case of anger at least, is because you will become miserable. 
anytime you judge any emotion, you're probably going to become miserable, to be honest. Because if you stop yourself from feeling it, and reality continues to move around, and you're acting according to this static idea of what you're supposed to be feeling, based on your desired self-image, of the ego at least, then you're going to stop moving in yourself. You're going to become static to some extent. You're going to feel the only true death, which is this illusory stasis. And you're going to become pissed off even more, or you're going to become miserable because you're not being real. It's very simple. It sounds too simple almost, but basically it is pretty simple. If something is inside you, there is usually a, re a reason for it. Some emotion is inside you, not another person or an inanimate object or something. If, if, if you're feeling something, there's a reason for it. It's your it's, Reality is trying to tell you something based on what you've been through, and now you have to tell yourself something new. You have to get some insight from those feelings so that you can keep staying on cause, growing real, and basically moving into yourself as you bring the world around into more realness. So, I guess the question is, why do we judge our emotions anyway? I suppose you could look at it in terms of the ego. You know, quite simply, it's anything that fragments. You know, I'm a singular individual. I'm disconnected from everything else. Um, or it's those things that I've said many times before about the ego. It manifests itself in three main things. Fear, pride, and desire. Fear, pride, and desire. Simple. But those things actually do explain, as soon as I said that, I got this little, you know, feeling that I could um, explain most of what I'm trying to say in that little framework. So why do we judge our feelings? Well, in a fearful ego state, we're judging our feelings because perhaps we don't want to be judged. You know, you're feeling angry, you're feeling sad, you fear those emotions because for some reason, you've got an idea in your head that if you are feeling those things then you've either got issues because, you know, mummy and daddy told you not to be angry when you were a kid or you're um, weak in some way because something shouldn't be bothering you because you see yourself as like this stoic, cool philosopher guy or whatever it may be and you're not going to allow yourself to feel that or you're scared that admitting to these feelings is going to make people dislike you because you're addicted to approval and appreciation and applause. You basically think you're either more than human or less than human, so you either don't deserve to feel what you're feeling, or um, you don't want to come across as being kind of arrogant. Basically, you're denying your humanity. That's what's going on if you're denying your feelings. You're basically trying to put yourself in a box where you can control everything and basically live in this neurotic fucked up way that we've spoken about many many times pride how does pride get in the way of you feeling things how does it stop why does pride make you judge what you're feeling well i kind of said already like if you're feeling um fearful then you might get into the state where you're trying to believe that you don't need to feel things pride is very similar i suppose in this case because if you feel too proud well you're not going to tell people that you're feeling something, so you're going to keep it under the surface. You're not going to admit to yourself that you're feeling something because you're too proud, you're too grand, uh, grandiose in the way that you perceive yourself to be in the world. And then desire, your desired image. This is a really important one, I think. I don't talk about this in as much detail. Maybe I should dedicate a whole podcast to it. I don't speak about it in as much detail as I'd like to, or as I probably should because it's useful. But if, if you've got this image in your head of who you are, an idea 
an idealized self, as we said, that you're carrying around and putting out into the world, then it makes you do all kinds of absurd and bizarre things that have no connection to reality. And like if you, you know, if you meet people out in the world with um, a thought about how this idea works, then you'll just see it over and over again. Like everybody has this idea, um, this idealized self. You can't help it in a way. But some of us take it to kind of absurd levels where it just becomes ridiculously clear that it has no connection to reality. So basically what it is, is we, we have these ideas about ourselves based on who we'd like to be. It's, it's most obvious in teenagers. So when I was a teenager, I did all kinds of stupid things because I thought I was like a, um, a poet or something, some kind of artistic, creative individual who was fighting the system and breaking the rules. And I suppose, to some extent, I have kind of lived that um, quite vigorously. But I think it's connected to reality now. But in, in when I was younger, you know, I remember once I went through this artistic stage where I was going to start being the kind of person who goes to charity shops and buys, like, these um, these strange clothes, basically, mixing and matching, like, just the most bizarre clothes that you could find in the charity shop because I thought that would make me seem like, you know, like Kurt Cobain or some fucking bullshit. So I remember, like, going into different charity shops in Wakefield and basically, I went to college one day. I went to Wakefield College, and I was just wearing like an army trench coat and a Hawaiian shirt and some uh, weird kind of grey pants that an old man might have worn. And I must have looked like an idiot. In fact, I remember going there um, for parents' evening with my my parents. That's that. That's self-explanatory. And I was wearing these weird clothes, and my parents were just so embarrassed. And I really thought I was just like the tits. And basically what was going on there was I, had, I wasn't looking at reality. I was so like involved in this idea of myself that I wasn't paying attention to people who, you know, probably thinking, you know, what kind of drugs is this young man taking? Or, you know, are his parents abusing him, making him wear these clothes? Whatever it may be, I wasn't paying attention to that because I was like lost in this idea about myself as some weird kind of avant-garde individual who was expressing his superior individuality. And I can laugh about it now, I could cringe about it later, probably, if I really wanted to. Probably not. I've got a theory about cringing. I think people who cringe, basically what they're doing, they're very repressed individuals, and when they see people out there kind of doing things that they really can't imagine themselves doing, they get so worked up at the thought of people doing something like that that they have this cringing sensation. I think I've kind of grown past all that stuff. Anyway, desired self-image. When we see ourselves as being a certain way, it affects the way that we judge our feelings. So when I was in that state of being this free, artistic, individual hippie, I suppose I would have seen myself as being allowed to feel more, which could still be problematic, because, you know, I basically turned up the volume on the things that I was feeling. I was feeling repressed. I was feeling whatever by the system or by... I was only 16, so I can. I feel like this is fine to talk about. Um, but yeah, it, it happens all the time. Like, if you're a big, tough dude, you fucking alpha as fuck, then you might judge yourself for feeling things. You know, you might miss your girlfriend or something when she goes goes away. You might judge 
the feelings that you have in that instance because you don't want to feel weak. And then it just boils beneath the surface. And then it, you bring more friction to your life. It takes you longer to get over it. Basically, I'm saying, if you're feeling something, feel it. If you don't feel it, or you try not to feel it, you're just going to basically bring more trouble to your life because you're denying reality. And when you deny reality, you deny yourself because you are reality. Reality is just a whole, and you're a part of it. And for you to get to the good feeling of being real, you need to ride through, in the short term at least, the things that you're feeling in that moment. It might not be good, but the only way out is through. That's, it's the theme that comes up in this reality stuff over and over again. The only way out of something is through it. And as you go through it, you remove your illusions, you remove the fragments that you carry, and you emerge on the other side of it more whole. You get insight, you get a better understanding of yourself in the present moment, who you are, and you can carry that into the rest of your life. But you can only do that if you allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and take those feelings and put them into the mission that you've dedicated yourself to, put them into changing things for the better, both inside of yourself and outside of yourself. Anytime you place a should on anything that you do, but in this podcast, um, feelings, anytime you judge those according to some external should, I shouldn't be feeling this, I should be feeling this, I should do this with this feeling. I shouldn't tell anyone. I shouldn't, you know, go out there and actually connect to the world by letting people know that are important to me or can help me how I feel. Anytime you place a should on yourself, you start to live from the outside in and you stop yourself from being real overall. These shoulds might come from society at large based on ideas of what a guy is, what a girl is, what somebody your age should be doing. All those shoulds, okay, they're a loose kind of template, I guess, for how we might want to live our lives. But they're particular. They're not particular. They're universal. They, they have no connection necessarily to you. You've got to feel what you're feeling, not what somebody tells you to feel. Or you're not, not what you're thinking you should feel based on who you think you want to be. That's it. That was a ramble. Came out quite quickly. 27 minutes, almost gone. Um, but in conclusion, allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. If you're angry, feel the anger and use it to put yourself in a situation where you're going to be less angry. Dedicate yourself to something. If you're feeling sad, tell someone. Feel it. Do something about it. If you're feeling horny, well, don't sit there kind of doing nothing. Go do something. Find someone to connect to. Get out into the world. Basically, whatever you're feeling is a sign from yourself to move into the best version of yourself. And you can only do that through action. Don't let the judgments of the rest of the world that have infiltrated your psyche stop you from taking the action that's going to allow that to happen. You've got to feel real to feel good about things. But the only way you can feel real sometimes is to feel the shit that you don't want to feel in the moment. Get to the other side of it, learn what you can, and then keep going, keep smashing it, and just basically having an awesome fucking time. Pardon my French, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, it's going to be another one next week. If you want to check out Personal Revolutions, 
Uh, you can get the book on Amazon or via my site, ollyanderson.co.uk. Ollie is just O-L-I. Um, there's a new version of the book coming soon. Um, no different content, but it's going to be an online version. Personalrevolutionstoolkit.com. Check it out. It's going to go live very soon. Uh, we're also going to add loads of forums and stuff um, and tools for like making yourself more real. Quite excited about it, and it's nearly ready to go. Um, if you want to be on this podcast in the future, let me know. Get in touch. If you have any ideas or suggestions or any questions or anything else, then hit me up on Twitter at Ollie J. Anderson. And I'll see you um, next time when I'll be talking about something else um, in another rambling fashion. Peace out.